What's going on, people? People get that podcast. As always, with your hosts, Ryan. And joining me as always, Kevin. What's up, Kevin? What's going on? <sighs> Interesting day um, at the gym. So I think we talked about this, but like how, you know, some people won't re-rack their, their weights yeah. um, after they use them, right? So like, I'm, I've been like kind of pissed off at my gym. You know, it, it's just... It's, I was just thinking, I'm like, you know, I actually don't hate the gym, the actual physical gym. It's actually the people there because they leave weights all over the fucking place and, you know, they don't re-rack anything. So I've been starting to get triggered. Like, so like the last week, last week I saw like someone leave like fucking seven plates on the fucking leg press machine. I'm like, classic, oh my God. Classic maneuver. I was just like, that's, that's that, like, that's ridiculous. Like what are you half repping. Because and then yeah, they're half repping it, not even doing so full range of motion. Squats either, but uh, yeah, I've been doing there. Full- is what I'm saying, I've been there. Yeah, and then so and like of course like there's like these like measly girls who can barely lift up 45, like can barely like lift up a plate. They have to unrack it. I'm like that's just 14 like, times now. Yeah, that, that's like so so disrespectful. So so I hit the squat. I so I did my squats and I'm like okay. Let's see if like the, I like look and see if like the leg press machine is open and I'm like, okay, so two people, people ha- are using it, but then, you know, they're, they, they're starting to walk away from it. So I'm like, oh, I get, I'm like, oh, are you done? And they're like, yeah, we're done. And then I was like, and I look at the rack and there's like, there's five plates on it. Um, and I, I turn around, like, you're not going to re-rack this. And then like the kid like looks at me and then he starts walking over and then starts unracking it for me. And I was just like, bro, um, you know, obviously I wasn't like making him do the whole thing. I got like, I got the other side and he did the other side. And then he was like, Oh, you know, you know, like how many do you want on, uh, you know, all right, you know, have a good workout or something. But like, I was just so triggered that <laughs> I was like, after like seeing, I, I, I was just like, you know, I, um, what do you call it? Uh, not blew a fuse. I was, you know, I was just triggered. I was just like, you I can't point. You had to do something. You had yeah. To- it was a breaking point. I'm like, I can't, I can't stand this. Like people have to re-rack. Like, it's like, okay, there's a, there's gym etiquette. It's like, okay, you can leave two plates on there and it's if like three plates. Press, it's all, that almost should be just standard. Like why yeah. you hardly ever, even if someone wanted to use one plate on each side or less, that's not asking them to do too much, you know, to just pull one plate off on each side and nobody on the light press is ever using less than two plates, honestly. So it should, and, they should be permanently two plates on the light press. And the thing is, it's like, I'm going to work up to the five plates, but I have to, you have to warm up. Like I like to warm up. So I'll literally start with like, um, I'll start with like the two plates and just like work my up, work my way up. Just do like a rep or two for each, you know, two plates that I put on. So I never, it's not did, like- uh, I never do, or I should say, I was going to say I never did pass sense, but the truth is I never do uh, warm ups. but I'm definitely, you know, I don't want to get to the point when I'm like 32 or something and never doing warm ups and like tear my bicep or something. So I should probably start doing not like crazy 20 minute warm ups, but just for each exercise, quick, set or two of of lighter weight that i'm actually going to do that makes sense yeah i mean i'm not going crazy like you have to do it for every exercise but for the heavier stuff definitely makes sense yeah like the first like compound movements i i always warm up um and it doesn't really add that much time i'll just literally just do it in like you know two two three minutes so 
like it's basically just like one set. So I just like, you know, do two plates, three plates, um, four plates. Um, and then just, uh, you know, then I'll just like start working in, I'll just do like, you know, a couple reps just, just so like my body, um, can adjust to, to the weight. Like it just needs to feel the weight. It, I don't have to do like 10, 10 reps, um, to, you know, really burn. Cause I don't want to get exhausted at the same time. So you don't want to, um, exhaust yourself while doing more upsets, like 20 sets, like for the, for arms though, for arms, I'll do like 20 reps of lightweight just to get some blood, blood in the, in the muscle. And, um, <clears throat> I'll take it from there. But yeah, like with the leg press though, highly suggest this is, this is like definitely one of those things that you have to drop your ego. There's a, a hatch or something, uh, like the adjustment on the seat where you can go higher or lower. So yeah, you like have to lean drop back it. or lean forward. Yeah. So you have to drop it all the way to the bottom as low as it can go. And that's so much harder. Like, cause I was doing, I used to be able to do seven plates on leg press with like good form when it was like up, the seat was up more. Um, and then I watched uh, Renaissance periodization with Mike Isretel and he said to drop it all the way to the bottom where you can't move it down any, any, any further. Um, and um, I started doing that. And honestly, like one plate was tough. Two plates was tough. And, you know, it, you really have to adjust to it because you do a full range of motion and, you know, you pause at the bottom and it's really a, you know, you have to just cut your ego out. Like you'll see like these, these guys putting out like six, like what you used to do, like six, seven plates, let's say. And then, but then like when you're doing like one or two plates on leg press, it kind of looks weird. You know, you kind of like, you know, you just have to like just ignore it. But now I'm doing like three plates and a quarter for like 12, um, after squats. And that's like pretty damn good. And you get like, you know, I've been seeing gains, you know, um, getting the, the leg veins and shit, but, um, it's definitely, you definitely do more damage to the muscle in a positive way. Um, you know, you just do the full range of motion, drop it to the bottom and it's, you know, yeah, you're not gonna, you're not going to do like six, seven plates probably. Um, but you know, you're going to get more gains from less weight because the, that's the thing I've been doing. I literally just been focusing on the full range of motion of every exercise, just doing, you know, every rep, right. And, um, it feels awesome. It feels awesome. You definitely see a difference and, you know, it's like, it's like whether you're ha like, you just don't half ass it. Like, and I, I wasn't even like half assing it before, but now you just make it harder for yourself. And, um, you see, more gains, your body adjusts and, you know, you, you, pro you progress, you know, it's progressive overload. And so highly recommend that, but yeah. No, I am um, um, on the topic of the gym. I, I, I recently got reinvigorated at the gym because I, um, like right around every three months, I don't know if I've been doing this or if I just decide, I'm, I think I've been like half-assed doing this, but I definitely am going to commit to it hardcore now is that every three months just switch basically switch out all my exercises, maybe not a hundred percent. You know, I'm not going to say here or there, I'm not going to still be doing like leg extension. You know, there's only so many exercises you could do for some stuff, but for the most part, changing out all my exercises. So like I changed for the past, like three or four months, I've been doing like a certain, uh, you know, certain arms workouts, certain chest, shoulders, and certain like back and legs basically. And so like recently this week was the first week of the new workouts um, and I, how I did them was I literally just went to Athlean X 
and I would just type in like I was, I designed a whole new arm workout. I just did athlete next like biceps and then athlete next triceps and just like scrolled through some of his videos because I mean, we talked about in the past where you'll watch, um, and I don't even subscribe to him. I don't know. I actually do subscribe to him on YouTube, but you watch the videos and they're so, uh, great. And it's just knowledge bomb after knowledge bomb after knowledge bomb. You're like, Oh, this is awesome. But I never, sometimes you have a hard time implementing it, you know, it's cause you're stuck in your routine or whatever. So this time I've been doing it and it was, I, I just get it. I got, I've gotten like a new energy. Like I had a whole new arm workout with like a couple, uh, lifts that I haven't really done before. Like he did like strict, like not stuff that I've never heard of, but I just have never yeah. done. Like he had uh, strict curls with uh, dumbbells where you just put your back up against a wall and you have two dumbbells and you just curl. Them. But like you have to keep your upper back and your glutes like against the wall and it's harder. And it's just like mm-hmm. a fun new exercise to do and just stuff like that. So I, I and I've been, I'm, I'm like reinvigorated now. I think this is like a hack because I, I was like, um, I was just sometimes my workout the past couple of months were just feeling like a slog. But then I I realized because it's like I'm doing a lot of the same exercises over and over and over and over and over and over and over over again, year after year after year. I'm I'm still that's a little bit of an overstatement. Like I've always generally switched things up. Maybe when I hit a plateau on this exercise, switch to a different one. But I haven't done like a full scale, like clean out, you know what I'm saying? And just refresh all the exercises. And yeah, I think it's, it's a good, at least for me. Uh, I, I've been reinvigorated. And I'm also want to, cause I've never been, uh, I think we talked about in the past, like power lifter, like, I know I never could care less. I, I flat bench does nothing for me with the barbell. I don't feel it. It just feels like I'm going to rip my shoulders out anyway. Uh, not really, but you know what I'm saying? I don't really feel a chest. It's not like a revolutionary idea. People have said in the past, but I have been leaning a little more towards like, uh, compound lifts where, uh, like I, I, I brought back overhead press, which I haven't done in a while, uh, but it felt really good to do it. And then incline bench, which I always do incline bench like pretty regularly, but that I want to do like weighted pull-ups, you know, even I'm probably going to start doing trap bar deadlifts like regularly, like, cause I, I built up like a decent physique, but never really have like gone, you know, f- and not, not solely focused. Like I did a whole arm workout and it's not like there, I was doing like, you know, I don't even know what compound lifts for your arms would be, but you get my idea. It's not like I'm just doing like bench, you know, deadlift and, and squat or something. Um, mm-hmm. But I, it's just, I, I want to see if, if I notice like some gains because people always say, you know, like, well, you got to get your fundamentals down and you should get, you know, focus when, when they're giving advice to noobs and even people who are been going to the gym for a couple of years, they're always like, you know, do your focus on your compound lifts, focus on your compound lifts. And I've like done compound lifts, obviously, but I never, like I would just, you know, I, look, squats are annoying, so I don't really want to do them. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like deadlifts are hurt. They don't hurt, but they're really hard. So I kind of shy away from them. But now I, I'm, I'm going to do uh, for the next like six to or next three to nine months. I'm definitely going to give them more priority and see if I notice like uh, gains, because even like after doing um the workout for uh for chest and shoulders that I did, I, I did, like I said, I included overhead press and then I included incline bench and I like went hard for, for those exercises for more like power, like three to five reps, let's say, uh, it, no, it was more like maybe five to eight reps, but, um, and then even the rest of the workout was more just sort of, uh, accessory work, but even then, like the pump was really, I felt like I had a noticeable difference in the pump. And I just felt like maybe it's cause like, dedication to like improving the compounds in relatively like low rep ranges is probably something I've been missing in like my quote unquote programming for a while. And maybe my body's not used to it. And I feel like I could squeeze some gains out of that. 
Yeah, no, it's two things. It's, you know, shocking your body in the way where it has to adjust to new muscle fibers breaking down and also just like the mental aspect of doing something new. Um, cause I, I definitely am a victim of that or not a victim, just, you know, whatever. I, I used to do that as well. I basically like, you know, chest is like my weakest, like my back, it's very easy to grow arms. Um, you know, those are my strong points, but my chest has been harder to grow than others. And, you know, all I would do is just fucking bench press, bench press, flat bench, flat bench, flat bench, flat bench, flat bench. Flat bench. And, um, you know, it was, it, I, 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 like, I would always, when I would, when I would plateau, I would just keep trying. I would just keep trying and, you know, it, it never work. works. It never, I mean, obviously when you're a noob and you've been at the gym for like one, maybe even two years, you can basically just progressively overload. But at yeah. a certain point, it's like, okay, yeah, you're doing flat bench. You know, if you keep doing flat bench once or twice a week for three years, you're not automatically going to be flat benching, you know, 355, <laughs> you know, it just doesn't work. You hit, you basically hit a wall at some point and then you're like, ah, oh, and that makes you, it, it, when you go to the gym and you just hitting plateaus and like hitting the wall, then it, it demotivates you. Cause you're kind of like, oh, you're not seeing progress anymore. hundred percent. Like years, years one and two, basically I would just kept, keep doing flat wrench and I kept seeing, you know, progression that's because of the noob gains. And then, you know, year three and four, I was like, I started getting like discouraged because I, you know, kept plateauing. I'm like, why is this happening? Like my diet's on point you know, I'm getting good sleep. Like, this is so annoying. And, you know, it, it just, you know, then you just had a, I, now I just, uh, I took a break from flat wrench and I, I started hitting incline and I using, you know, dumbbells now and, um, you know, seeing, seeing gains again, it's refreshing too. You know, you're, you're just, you know, doing a new muscle movement. Um, and for flat wrench now I went back to it, but now I'm doing a wider grip. I'm doing a wider grip and I definitely feel it more. Um, the key for me personally is to focus on like a slow control. I think it's eccentric and then, um, explode up. Um, I was doing that. Oh man. So I was doing hip thrusts and like I was doing that. I was doing, you know, slow on the way down and then exploding up. And I got like, my ass was literally hurting like in a good way. Like I was like, it was like hard to move. Also, I just did like, uh, um, flat, uh, stiff leg uh, deadlifts, so like focus on your hammies. Are stiff are stiff leg de- stiff leg deadlifts and Romanian deadlifts? They're the same thing, right? Um, because I would see people like recommend like RDLs and stuff like that. RDLs, RDLs, yeah, I so, yeah. And I think, I think that it's just when you're just literally bending at your waist, right? Yeah, you just don't like you. You don't really bend your knees. You don't, you don't really you you know you bend your knees slightly so you're not like an idiot, where, right? Right. right. You know, you're, you're trying to you're, touch your toes like a flexibility test or something. Yeah, but you 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 put your butt out. You put your butt out and you keep the bar to, as, as close to your your shins as possible, and then you you just like you know explode up. Are you doing you that know? with dumbbells or barbell? No, barbell. Right. It, I tell you, that shit is hard. Like I have to sit down afterwards. Like I'm doing. I I think last session I did 185 for 12. 12 i think um and that shit is tough that takes it takes a lot out of you what was the idea of doing one set of 12 rather than like multiple sets of like eight or something i don't know or did you just did one set of 12 
No, I'm saying I did like four sets of 12. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. One set, like that's basically like the rep range, like 10 to 12 reps. Um, but I like started from like 135 and now I'm doing one, 185. But it's hard to, it's also grip strength. You have to have good, good grip strength because that you pinky know, flies off the bar and now all of a sudden yeah. you're slipping. <laughs> yeah. It's like doing a higher, higher reps um, for that is tough because you can't go real fast on it. You have to do a nice slow move move down um, when you're, you're dropping it low just because you want to keep control right, um, keep it as close to your shins as possible, and then you explode up and just like squeeze your your legs. And you that, that too, like you really, if you focus on using your hamstrings to pull up when you're at the bottom, when you're holding it at the bottom, um, you definitely see, you definitely feel it more like in your glutes and your your hamstrings and then if you do hip thrust hip thrust right after that oh man what is because then then they're like warmed up or like pre-exhausted or whatever so um, they're pre-exhausted and your hamstring actually goes up to your glute yeah like right um, at the top yeah right at the top so it was like so i did so i would do like stiff leg deadlifts and then i'll do hamstring curls right after that um with short rest like let's say two minutes and then i'll do hip thrusts and the hip thrusts are really hard because you do use, you know, your hamstrings and, um, your glutes, you know, are obviously they're activated, but like, I, I actually, it, it was really tough, but I got like a sick pump in my glute where like, it was, you just feel like <laughs> your butt is like puffed up when you're walking. And I actually want to try like doing hip thrusts and then literally just going on like the treadmill, because I think you would actually get a pump from, just like simply walking after doing that because um, I really felt it. But what, yeah, I mean, what, what's your feelings on doing hip thrust when there's a lot of people in the gym? Um, just no just fucks given. You just got to do it. Yeah. If you could, if you could get the bench, um, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta do it. Well, I mean, the look- thing about Phoenix is that I don't have a, a setup where, um, cause I, I sort of, ideally you would want to do it where, you're, you're making like a T with the bench. You know what I'm saying? Like your body, you're running perpendicular to the bench. Right. And Uh I, at Phoenix, the, the only sort of benches that are not where you would do bench press, but where you do like dumbbell press, let's say they're, they're just really far away from all the barbells. So it's, it's like, I, I would do them on those benches if it was like early and it wasn't super crowded because then I'm like taking a barbell from one of the bench press benches and bringing it like literally across the gym and it's kind of like a production. But anyway, I will do it um, on the bench press bench, but literally like I'm just making a lot instead of making a T with the bench, I'm just making like a longer line. Like I'm, I'm, I'm laying my back on like the skinny portion of the bench, if that makes sense. Like not on the side of the bench, but the front. Front, exactly. And it works totally fine. And it's actually, it's not ideal. Like obviously I would rather, it's a little more, uh, you get like more leeway to just like prop your back up on like a wider platform if you go from the side, but you could go from the front too. I do it from the front at Phoenix. And, but I will say I generally do. uh, I don't have a a hip thrust necessarily programmed into my workouts, but if I'm at the gym and it's, let's say later at night and there's not as many people, I'll be like, well, I haven't done hip thrust in like, you know, two weeks. Now's the time to strike. Uh, Mm -hmm. I do. I mean, it should be no fucks given, but when it's super crowded, I'm just like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I, maybe cause it's a lot to set up and, and whatnot. And you do kind of look ridiculous, but it's a great lift. I don't really care. Guess what? And glutes are important muscle. Number one. And also you look just from aesthetic standpoint, number one, but also from a functional standpoint, I mean, it helps 
helps you for lower back pain and injuries and stuff like that. It's like one of your strongest muscles. And also, I just always thought it looked stupid if a guy's super jacked, but then when he turns to the side, even if he's got uh, the upper back going, like let's say he's just like your average not even your average guy, but like a guy at the gym who's, you're like, oh, that guy's on roids. And he's got the upper back like popping out. So when he turns to the side, it's not like he's like uh, flat Stanley or something. You remember that guy? Uh, yeah. The storybook. But he, but then if he has no glutes, it just like, it looks kind of ridiculous. I don't, I, I don't know what, how to describe it to. It's, it's a little weird. I'm not saying I'm going around checking out dude's glutes, but if you're going to be jacked in every muscle, it is a muscle group. So it's like, if you have a muscle group that's besides calves where it's like, okay, you know what? Everyone's calves are probably lacking unless they're genetically gifted or unless they just go super hard on calves. I'm not saying people don't do that and don't see gains. God bless. But it's just like an obvious muscle. Calves are less obvious, you know, where you could wear pants and nobody sees your calves. But glutes is like a big muscle that people just neglect. And then I'm like, bro, like you got all your other muscles going. Like, why are you neglecting this other muscle? Yeah, um, I hundred percent agree. It, it just looks unproportional, and you know, I do. I do admit, like before, now I'm like motivated to do it. But before, like when I, I did have it in my program, and I would be like kind of tired from, you know, doing the deadlifts, the stick, stiff leg deadlifts. I would like, and then the gym was crowded. I'd be like, oh, it's gonna be like a pain in the ass to do this. Like I just wasn't really in the mood. I would just skip it. But now, like you know, I'm. I'm just like, I really just want to like push it and just, you know, stay consistent with it because, you know, if you do it for a month, it becomes like uh, a habit. What is that? Uh, I think like a 21 day rule or something like that. Yeah. Something, something like that. So I was like, all right, let me just, let me just get into the, the flow of it and just try to stick with it. And so far I've been doing it and, you know, you know, you don't need a lot of weight for it. You know, it's literally all in the, cause I always pause at the top. Like I'll just throw a plate on there because honestly, um, like I don't have the, the, what do you, the padding. Right. So I have like a sweatshirt and I tell you, like, if you go like two plates with like, just even like a sweatshirt, that shit kills you. And it's not good if like you're stopping because you have so much pain in your, I don't, I don't even know if it's like your groin, whatever this little, your pelvic area. If like, if you're literally like just, at, if it's just hurting so much and that's why you're stopping then, you know, it's, you probably shouldn't, you know, put that much weight. Like, but when I do like a plate and I just like focus on the movement, I do a full range. I, um, drop it down slow, go all the way to the bottom and then explode up and pause and then drop it slow. Like I get a sick pump. Um, I could do it for reps and, you know, I just get the best pump out of that and it doesn't kill my my pelvic area where like I could still have kids afterwards. Right. So, and I, I think, I think what one, uh, piece of advice that, because I think we've talked about this before where it's like the Russian roulette lift where sometimes you do it and it feels totally fine. And you're like, Oh, awesome. I should do hip thrusts more because I know they're a great exercise and boom, that was, that was great. They felt perfect. And there's other times when you do them and literally the first rep, it doesn't matter how much you could have lightweight, and but the first rep, you're like, oh my god, is this bar about to rip through my body right now? Um, but what I noted, what I think is causing that is, I think it is a hundred percent your hip bone, uh, your pelvic bone, which, which you can feel uh, like by your hips, basically. And what I've noticed is that I think what what's going on with a lot of people, probably including both of us, because the last few times I I've done hip toss, I haven't really felt it. So this is just my theory. I think that we're afraid of basically crushing our 
are talking balls. balls and dick, just so to speak. Let's just be frank here, okay, yeah. folks? It's a kid's show, I know, but let's just be honest. Let's We'll call it your groin. You're, you're scared of literally crushing your groin with a barbell, so you overcorrect, and you bring it too high up on your body, and it ends up you end up resting it right on your pelvic bone. But if you, there's plenty of space, and you can tell I've thought a lot about this. There's plenty of space. There's more space than you think between your groin area and your the bottom of your pelvic bone. Like you could probably put yeah. three barbells in that space. So what I've been telling myself when I'm setting up is like there's no scenario, literally no scenario, where your body is going to let you put a barbell with decent weight on it onto your groin. It's not going to happen. You think it's going to happen? It's not going to happen. Your body it's like a magnet where the, like you know the opposite poles of a magnet they 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 won't go to or the same pole whatever the hell the fr- the freaking rule is. You know, two magnets they, they don't they don't attract to each other. Um so what I I've been saying I've been intentionally in my head when I'm setting it up saying going lower than I think I should go and then you end up just like sort of resting it in the crease between um your leg like th- basically the very top of your leg. And, and uh-huh. you, you sort of rest it in that bend because, like, obviously your 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 legs are sort of closer to your body, so it's like a there there it's like a bend, and you'd sort of rest it in the bend uh, between the top of your leg and like where your leg connects to the rest of your body, basically. And you'll notice that that area, like the top of your leg, is still like you got a good few inches before your groin. So if you rest in that area, you like it's below your hip bone. And it's it's uh it's above your groin, so that's that would that's my little tip where because I've done the same thing where I've I aside from it being kind of looking like a ridiculous exercise, even though it's a great exercise, there's also been it's like oh, am I going to set this thing up and then when I'm going to do it, then I'm going to go two reps in and I'm going to be like ah you know this hurts so much, but I, I kept thinking in my head you know I'm like there has to be a reason right? You see people online and they do it totally fine, wh- whatever. So I I didn't want to accept the answer of like. Oh, this is just Russian roulette. I don't know why this is happening. Why am I? Why this really hurts sometimes, and other times it feels uh, totally fine. But then I started thinking about it, and I'm like, I because I remember people online would like complain about like my hip bones basically are bruised, right? From from yeah. doing from doing the lift, like if they rested on their hip bones, like they could get bruising. Not like their legs gonna fall off, but you know, a little bruising. And I just and even when you're doing it, it doesn't feel like you know when you push down on a muscle, you you know what that feels like when it hurts. It doesn't feel like it's pushing down a muscle. It literally feels like metal on your bone. So th- that's what ma- made me think it. And then I would literally just feel my body. I would feel these hip bones, and I would say, and I would. I would feel how low does this hip bone go? And once I located how low the hip bone hip bone went, and then I and then I was like, oh, there's plenty of space here to lay a barbell. So that's what I've been doing lately, and it, and it works. Now I'm not going to say uh, that that's that's 100 what's going on, but I think I think it actually might be what's happening. And I do have a pad uh, at the gym um, that that I use, like the padding, kind of like a thing that you put on a squat bar or something. You know, I have yeah. like those wrap pads at the gym, and but I was thinking of because people online. Uh, if you go to like subreddits and stuff, they'll they'll recommend like a specific pad to use for hip thrust. And I, at a certain point, I was considering buying one because it's probably like twenty dollars on Amazon or something. I might still do that um, if the next few times I do hip thrust, I I do feel an issue or whatever. But uh, just using the regular pads that they have at the gym, it, it's been working fine. I think that was the one adjustment that put it like 
and I, I didn't, the, hopefully this is what they would say on like a YouTube instructional of the lift. Maybe I'll, I'll check it out to make sure I'm doing it right. But it, I just think about it, like put it in the crease of the top of your leg, basically, and just let it rest there. Like it's not going to roll back and forth because you're almost, when you're doing the lift, it's sort of locked into that space. You know what I'm saying? It's not like it's rolling up and down your leg. So like, yeah. once you get it locked in that spot, like I know your brain is like, dude, don't put this on your balls. Don't put this on your balls. Don't put this on. This is a heavy weight. This is a bar. It's never going to happen. It's never, I mean, has it ever happened to you once? No. It's never happened to anyone. So, but we, we overcorrect in our brains because we're like, I don't want this to happen. So then you end up raising it way up your body. And that's where your hip bone is. Like you're, you're putting it way up on your hips. You're, it's almost up to your belly button at that point. Like it's not even a, a hip thrust at that point. You're just like thrusting your stomach almost. But yeah. that's my little uh, spiel on the hip dust because I, I've thought about this several times because I'm like, you know, it's such a great lift for the glutes, but it, it hurts. But I'm not going to accept that as an answer because I know it's a lift that people could do. It's like doing squats and you're like, oh, my knees hurt. My knees hurt or something. Well, okay, maybe there's something wrong with your body and that lift doesn't work for you. But also your form could just be wrong or something or the bar placement could be wrong. You know, people do uh, squats and then their, their back will hurt because, you know, the bar is like up on their neck or it's, it's too low on their back or stuff. You know what I'm saying? So maybe give that a try next time you do it and, and see how it works for you. There you go. Like if you couldn't ask for any more information about hip thrust. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little glutes talk, a little hip thrust talk. You know, what can it be? Because I think that's the natural progression of, of lifting to a certain extent is that everyone – when you muscles, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. So everyone, nobody needs to be told to go to the gym and work out your chest or your shoulders or your arms. You know, it's like everyone generally knows that. And even like your average quote unquote gym bro, who is like a gym bro in the way of like, not, not like the average person who has a gym membership and like goes like, you know, once a month or something, I'm saying like the average gym bro who goes regularly, they, they probably already know about, you know, rear, like people will say, Oh, people don't work their real rear delts enough. I see people doing rope face pulls at the gym, like all the time. I think rear delts has made it into the consciousness that people know to work their rear delts. You know, people work out their backs. Generally speaking, from what I see, like, you know, they, they know all these muscles, but then like the glutes is like the lost, the lost muscle group for guys at least. But I don't know if they think it's like weird or something to work it out. I'm like, bro, it's a muscle. It, just like any other muscle, if you get it to a decent size, it looks better than if it's just all shriveled up. Like your arms look better when they're slightly bigger. I understand there's a point of diminishing returns. You know, if your arms are, you know, 30 inches around, you're going to look like a freak show. But generally speaking, building up a muscle a little bit is going to make you look better. So you know, don't be afraid to, to work out the glutes. That's, that's my lesson for all the guys listening. Don't be afraid. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's, and also just like, just quick, just, that's the thing there. The other reason why I'm also like was triggered because at my gym, for some reason, the, the padding thing is gone. And also there's, you know how there's the, the ropes for like, you know, that use for like tricep pull downs and shit like that. Yeah. They get all They're ripped like, up though. No, not even that. There, there's one, and it's impossible to get. And there's, there's. You need a minimum one. of two. You need a minimum of two. But and then there's, they have like an alternate one where it's so it's like three times the size. Like it's super it's, long. You're saying? It's not even super long. It's super fat. It's uh, super fat. Like, and the 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 way it's twisted, the rope is twisted. It's not like you know cuffed. It's awful. It's so hard to grip properly because it's it's uneven, and it's like one one arm is getting more work than the other every single time. And it pisses me off. But I will so. say, as long as we're ranting about rope attachments, 
I will say when you're using heavy weight, whether it be for overhead tricep extensions or I like to do um, hammer curls with the rope, great lift. Um, sometimes your your hands will naturally come up to the top and the the attachment, like the base attachment, will like dig into your your hands basically. Have that has that ever happened to you? Say that again. So like you know the rope, like the, it's yeah. a, it's a rope, but at the bottom of the rope is like a little rubber. There there. What what would you even call them? Like stoppers at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So think about it. So think about this. If you're doing overhead tricep extensions, right, with the rope, the weight is pulling you down, right? The, it's pulling the rope down. So your hands naturally are going to go towards the top of the rope, right? Yeah. And, and sort of pull into those rubber stoppers, let's call them. So if right. if you do heavy weight, sometimes the rubber stoppers will literally like dig into your fingers. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it sort of leaves yeah. like an indentation. I mean, it goes away in like 10 minutes, but it, that's one thing that's, and then, cause you, I try to avoid it by like gripping higher up on the rope, but your hands just, if the weight's heavy enough, like it's like we were talking about before with grip strength, you have to be like Popeye or something to stop the rope from like sliding a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I don't know any way around that. There is no way around it basically. Uh, but yeah, that's another little uh, note on rope attachments. You know, I would love to, um, I feel like I don't how how good of a, a a business is you know I guess what we're learning with coronavirus is maybe brick and mortar businesses are not not the way to go but I just thought always being a I guess if you had enough money where it wasn't like your primary business or something but opening a gym having your own gym would be pretty sick would it not Oh of course and it's like I feel like it's a good is it not like a pretty decent business model in terms of like it's like a monthly subscription basically and a lot of people who even, um, let's say a lot of people who sign up for gym memberships, they may never go to the gym, but in their head, someday they are going to go to the gym. So they don't cancel their uh, membership, even though they haven't gone in like six months. You know what I'm saying? That's the whole Planet Fitness business model that it's so cheap where it's like, I'm not going to cancel it because it's so cheap, but I'll, at least I could say I have a gym membership. Right. Where, you know, it's like, yeah, I could, you, I could go when I want, but- you know, if I'm, if I don't go, it's like, it's only 10 bucks. So, so now how would, I guess, how would this fail? I guess is a way to phrase it where it's like, I guess it would be pretty expensive to start it. Would it not? Like, first of all, you have to buy a, a building or I guess buy a plot of land and build a building or you'd have yep. to rent a building. You, I mean, probably have to buy it. No. I mean, you, I mean, I mean, you could rent it, but you know, it depends how far you want to go. Yeah, I just because I think I know, know the guy. Um, Phoenix is a pretty small gym, so like the the owner of the gym, like I know I haven't had like conversations with him, but like I know who he is, and and you know I see him like somewhat regularly, probably like on a weekly basis, and I just wonder like what to, once it's gotten to, I don't know how he got to the point, and I don't know if he owns the building or not, but I just know like Phoenix is like it's not a huge space. It doesn't have like a, an crazy amount of equipment, but I've never been like, like, oh no, like th- this place, you know, it's a great gym is my point. And I just, w- and I know it's like 60 bucks a month. So I'm like, and there's like a bunch of different people who go there. So I'm like, dude, this is like a pretty good, uh, pretty good gig he's got going on here. I almost want to talk to him. Like, how did you get to this point, man? And now maybe the answer is, I don't even know what the answer would be. And I'm sure it's not like, especially buying like real estate in Eastchester. I imagine if the building was already there, it's not like they gave it to him for $20,000 or something, but I would just be interested in what his story was. Yeah. I mean, 
Because I feel like I could set up a good gym. You know, you're. it's almost like you're starting a business, but you're making, you know what the people want because you're you're in that, we go to the gym. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to hype you up to like, bro, let's start a gym together. But I'm just thinking like, that would be a pretty cool. Um, I don't know. If I have the money, I'm definitely going to open up a gym. I feel like, why, who better to open up a gym? And it doesn't seem insanely complicated, right? You know, you just buy machines, put them in a building. And you're what day to day, like what goes wrong in a gym? You know what I'm saying? Now, may, maybe what now? I wonder what would happen. Someone, in, might, drop a weight. someone might drop a weight. That was right where my brain was going. Hole in the floor, like what happened at my gym. And it, then everyone has to go to fucking, or the AC might break also. That this is all happening at my gym, LA Fitness, in like the last like six months. Okay, but I'm saying, like, okay, you know, if, if you if you own a gym and the AC breaks, or. Or at this current time, if you don't pass, if someone reports you and you don't pass COVID restrictions, if no one's wearing a mask, then you get shut down like the LA Fitness and the other LA Fitness where it got shut down because um, temporarily because they didn't pass uh, the, the COVID guidelines. Right. But OK, let's say post COVID world, if we ever get to that point, um, I, I'm just thinking like, yeah. you know, like an AC breaking in your gym, like you could fix that. I'm just saying like what major sort of. Like what would have to happen? I'm thinking for Phoenix Fitness, let's say coronavirus is over and it, it, Phoenix makes it through coronavirus, which it seems like if it was going to shut down, it would have shut down already when it was out of business for like six months. But what what would have to happen for that to like just not be worth it for that guy anymore? Do you know what I'm saying? Like what would cause half the people who go to the gym to just be like, I'm not coming here anymore? You know what I'm saying? Right. It, and it's just, and it doesn't seem like he has some sort of huge... uh like marketing budget, like it's just through word of mouth. Like, how did I find out about Phoenix Fitness? I don't know. Probably some somebody I know went there, and when I was changing gyms from sports club, I was like, "Well, I guess that's a gym close by, and I know so and so goes there, and they seem to like it." I'm just like, and then the guy just gets to sit back, and every every month he gets sixty dollars from. There's got to be at least a thousand people who go to. Okay, maybe I'm. I wonder if I'm overstating it. Even if he only has a couple hundred people who our members at this gym, that's still good. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I got to talk to him about it, honestly. Maybe, maybe, maybe he'll be interested in a, in a, in a, uh, a, a young man like myself, uh, uh, asking him for some advice. Uh, cause, cause like I said, and I'm, I'm rambling here at this point, but I really feel like I, I know not like it's rocket science, but I feel like I could get, set up a pretty good gym with like the right equipment and the right setup you know, and, and organizing them in a way that, you know, cause I know what people are going to do, be doing exercises on what machines and how to give them enough space and stuff like that. So damn, that will be a, a, a fun business to have. And then you get to go to the gym for free, right? Yeah. There you go. Easy as that. Yeah. I mean, I'm all, I'm all in on, if I ever have the opportunity, yeah, that's definitely, um, something I always, you know, dreamt of. So yeah, I'm definitely for that. But let's dive into NBA talk. You want to talk more about glutes? I feel like we were just getting warmed up. <laughs> Literally, you're just doing the warm-up sets. Right, right. Um, um, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm looking at the standings. Uh, let's see. Point differential. Well, I'm looking at like NBA. So I'm on basketball reference, and they have this metric called simple rating system. Yeah. Like a, team, a team rating that takes into 
account average point differential and strength of schedule. This rating is denominated in points above or below average, which zero is average. Okay, so um, they don't really have this in order. Let me see. Okay, keep keep going through this. I have to pee so badly. I'll be back in 20 seconds. Okay, so right now um, it's a little... It's a little surprising, but not really. So right now, at the top of the uh, at the top of this metric is the Bucks, and coming in at number two is actually the Nets. Um, I'm just going to go through the top five. So we have the Bucks, Nets, Pacers, Lakers, Suns, Mavericks, and Sixers. So. Some surprising teams, some not so much, but, um, you know, it aligns pretty well. Um, you know, obviously the Bucks are great. I think the Nets are really good. Obviously, they're, there's no real team that is, you know, you know, blasting away, um, you know, no 9-1, and 10-0 and, and teams right now. Everyone's only played about 10 games, but, you know, win-losses show Lakers and Suns have the best record along with the 76ers. Um, but you know, this taking into account, um, point differential with, I think is a better standard to judge how, um, how good teams are, um, and strength the schedule, which I think is also, which makes a lot of sense. You know, this is definitely interesting. Um, you know, the bucks are six and four, but, and the nets are five and five. They actually, actually they lost today. So they're. Five and six, they lost to the Thunder, which was a terrible loss. They lost them in, in um, pukey jerseys too. Those jerseys suck. I love those jerseys. Really? The, the, the Nets jerseys? Like the cotton candy colored type. Yeah, no, I, I like oh, those jerseys. I think they're better. I, I, I like their. Um, their uh, I think they're calling them their Basquiat jerseys. I like those a lot. I think they're cool. They're like you know, I don't know. They just they're just like a cool vibe. They look like Rucker Park or something. Yeah, yeah I mean they're they're cool. They're, I mean I like them, but. Um, yeah, I mean, the Nets loss was really, was really strange because Kevin Durant went off. I mean, he had 36 points, 10 rebounds, uh, four assists, and he shot 50%. Karras played well. He had 21, 50% shooting, but everyone else just didn't put together. Like they started off super hot, um, and just couldn't get it done. And I don't know if this whole Kyrie thing is a distraction I don't know what's going on with Kyrie and it's hard to speculate because there's just no information. Like, I don't know if he's like depressed, if he lost like a family member or he's just, you know, Kyrie being Kyrie. There's literally just no information whatsoever. There's no hints given. Um, all we know is that the Nets know where he is, which is good. And they're, they're aware of the personal reasons. Um, Nash said how they asked, they basically asked like if he was okay with the the personal reasons and he didn't say he didn't say yes he actually just said that he's going to keep it private so that to me is just a different way of saying no in a less harsh way so i don't really know you know it's hard to speculate because there's just no information on it so i i honestly don't know what's going on with Kyrie. i don't know like this game the, against the Thunder, the Nets should have won. Um, and it's really strange because they they won against they didn't even just win. They like pretty much blew out the the Jazz at full strength and the Sixers um, without Katie or Kyrie. And 
Um, so that was like that was two huge wins, and then they get KD back against a more a mediocre Thunder team, and then they lose. It like they're all over the place. So I don't know if like this game was just Kyrie being a distraction, or it's just like you know just the ebbs and flows of you know the having a, a new team and and whatnot. But yeah, I mean the I don't the Kyrie situation is just. You know, I'm not like it's too. If if by next Friday, by next Friday, and he's not back, then I'm gonna be like, okay, what the fuck is going on? This, uh, this, <laughs> I, I, like like now it's like been like the if he him missing like the Memphis game was okay. Like it's like okay, it kind of makes sense because it was a back to back, and they were getting on the plane immediately after the arena. So I'm like, okay, that kind of makes sense to miss the game. But then missing today's game, I'm like, okay, this is getting a little little sketchy and you know you know it's been a week now so you know if it starts pushing extending past like 10 days two weeks then it's like okay i mean what's going on like i I get that it's personal but like we haven't heard anything like i don't think i don't think anyone like passed away so i think like i don't know if it's like depression that you know Kyrie's very much into you know it's mindfulness or like spirituality and things like that so i don't know I don't even know enough about that to make any judgment, but definitely, definitely strange. But um, yeah, I mean, so they're, they're not, they're under 500 right now. So, you know, they're having, um, you know, a little bit of a rocky start, but you know, they've missed, you know, Katie was out all week. Kyrie is missing games. Um, but if you told me, honestly, if you told me that, if you showed me their numbers and told me that they're missing games, not because of injuries, but because of, a COVID prevention and um, personal reasons, I'd be like, okay, that sounds good because it's they're not hurt, they're not hurt, and like their numbers are great. Like Kate, Kevin Durant is putting up, he's having a career year actually. He's averaging twenty eight points, which is the highest he's put up in five years, and he's shooting forty five percent from three on five and a half attempts, fifty um, percent from uh, field goal percentage, and. What's really great is that he's playing in line with his minutes. He's averaging 30, 34 minutes a game. He played 38 tonight. So, like, he's not on a minutes restriction. He's doing really well. So, you know, that you know, you have to look at the, uh, you know, the positives. Like, Kevin Durant is healthy. Um, he's playing very well. Kyrie is, he is physically healthy. I don't know if he's mentally healthy. That's the, that's a, you know, a big factor when it comes to Kyrie, if he's mentally healthy. So, you know, it's hard to speculate. I really can't say anything. Um, until we get more information, but yeah. Um, but technically and this, in this metric nets are number two, um, interesting to see the Pacers above the Lakers. Uh, well, the Pacers are six and three Lakers are seven and three. Um, and the Suns are doing well, the Suns are doing well. And what's amazing is that the first 30 point game from, uh, a Suns player didn't come from, uh, Aiden Booker or Chris Paul, but it came from Mikhail Bridges. Um, he's having a breakout year. He's doing awesome. Um, they're playing really well and it's interesting. I I mean, I think they're, you know, I was, um, I, maybe I should have been more high on them because they, um, I think they have more upside because Chris Paul and Devin Booker really haven't, and Aiden, they haven't really, um, they're not putting, they're not putting up crazy numbers. And, um, you know, the Pacers are doing really well like that. I, I knew they're going to be, I knew the Pacers going to do well because, because like they're always um, in that like fourth seed in the East. They're always there. They're competitors. And now they have like Oladipo, Brogdon, 
and Sabonis is breaking out. So they're all healthy. They're doing well. Uh, 76ers, um, they're playing well. They had like everyone out from COVID. And then you saw the rookie Maxi put up like 38 or 39 in a loss to the Nuggets. But, you know, they were competitive and they only had seven people on their roster. Um, so that was like awesome to see that, that they might have another piece in there that they could play more. And the Hawks, finally, the Hawks came back to earth immediately. Last podcast, I was saying how, you know, I still, I just didn't understand how they were doing well because, I mean, I knew what they were doing. I knew why they were doing well because they were hitting every three and Trey Young was getting 15 free throws a game more than entire teams. So we knew that was going to regress, but now, I mean, it, it, it regressed real quick. Now they lost like four straight games. John Collins is complaining about Trey Young running the offense. Basically, Trey Young is uh, emulating Harden in a way where he's just kind of, you know, a ball stopper. Um, but I don't really like to say that, like comparing him to Harden, just because I, I really I think Harden is a winner. And I can't really say the same to um, Trey Young because he's been he's his teams have been terrible. And partly it's obviously because of his teammates. But, you know, um, you know, we're seeing it again, um, you know. Like they, yeah, sure. They added Bogdanovich and they added Bogdanovich, Rondo, and Chris Dunn. It's like people literally thought they were going to uh, jump up 20 wins. I'm like, what? They won 20 games last year. You think Bogdanovich, Chris Dunn, and Rajon Rondo are, are plus 20 wins to your team? Are you crazy? It's like, sure, you could factor in like a, a Trey Young or John Collins and or John Collins breakout year, but still, that's a huge jump. Like that team is just isn't good enough. Like sure, their offense can put up some numbers, but their defense is trash. And I just don't think they're they're consistent enough. But shout out to the Knicks too. Um, the Knicks are, are playing well. Julius Randle is playing actually like an all-star. Like, like he's putting up triple doubles and you know he's always had like the talent but i guess he's a late bloomer um surprised like you you expected to see it like last year but i guess like you know could some things you could just point to the coach you know with the offense that they're running but you know tom thibodeau is bringing out the the best in the knicks they got like they're playing with the chip on the shoulder and you know they're playing hard and you know tom thibodeau seems to have if tom thibodeau keeps it keeps it simple he's like okay here are the the six seven best players. I'm gonna play them the most, and I'm gonna play them the majority of the time. And I'm not gonna like, play how you unless play? you play hard on defense. Yeah, that too. And it's just like okay, um, it's kind of as simple as that. You know, he's he, you know, he just loses his voice because he yells so much. But you know, it works. And um, looking at on the other side, the bad teams. Two surprise. I mean, not surprises, but. Well, one surprise, the, um, the wizards, geez, two and eight, two and eight, awful start, awful start. They have the worst record in the league right now. And it's, I'm, I'm pretty shocked because I, I, I truly believe that they, they have the talent. I mean, and they just got a big blow today. They lost Thomas Bryant, who was having a breakout year. Um, Bradley Beal put up a 60 point game and still couldn't get it done. Um, Westbrook is there. Uh, you know, they have decent pieces, but they, 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 they can't play their, their defense sucks. Um, they're scoring a lot of points, but their defense is, is atrocious. And I think you really have to point to Scott Brooks, the coach, 
has this guy ever coached a good team? Like, I mean, he's coached. Has Those he ever coached teams. a team without, without, teams, without, a, without a generational talent? Yeah, yeah. I, but I guess my counter would be how many teams, how many coaches have coached a great team without like a generational talent? I don't think Scott Brooks is like amazing. So I'm not, that's not my argument. I'm just saying like, you know, I mean, it, it, it's how can, how can are you look at their roster and it's, you don't. But what about the Nuggets? Like is Jokic a generational talent? I guess it depends. Well, it's, we're, we're getting stuck in like definitions. How do you define generational? I would say, yeah, it doesn't look good if you're Scott Brooks and everyone was basically picking the Wizards to definitely be in the mix for seven through 10, let's say. Let's call them the play-in spots. Whether you, they were saying they were going to get seven or they were going to say they were going to get 10, they were definitely supposed to be in that mix and they're not. Like Absolutely. you said, they just lost Thomas Bryant. So it's not like yeah. you don't think it's going to get a lot better and no. I don't know. I don't know. Is it the Bradley Beal trade clock ticking? I don't know. He said they couldn't guard a parked car. What the hell did he say? Yeah. Like, that? like he's he's been – he was frustrated last year. And then that was before, uh, you, know, you know, at least he had something to look forward to and John Wall coming back this year. And he gets traded. But then, you know, you have Westbrook. So it's like, okay, I get like another all-star on my team. But now they're they're doing even worse. And then they lost Thomas Bryant. Now their center is like uh, Robin Lopez, who is a, a backup center, and some other guy um, who's just not a starter. And you know, it's it looks it looks bad. I mean, I think they're they're gonna they're gonna pick it back up. I think they're they're too talented to be the worst team in the league, obviously. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, mean, I don't know though. Now that I, I agree with you, they shouldn't be the worst team in the league, but if you look at it, I just, I just pulled up their stats from this year. So Thomas Bryant was their third leading score. He's just wiped off the map. And yeah, so, you know, so let's, they're roster outside of Russ Westbrook and Beal is pretty weak and Baton stinks this year. So yeah, what the hell is he doing? He's shooting 32 He's from three. He got that huge contract and then was like, eh, but I was just joking this whole time, guys. I'm not actually one of the greatest shooters of all time, which is what he was doing the past couple of years, basically. Um, and he's big too. He's a he's a big yeah, guy. He's like tall. six nine. Yeah, super tall. He's he, and but what's what's interesting is if you're looking at the stats and then 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 this isn't really a good exercise. But what do you think Russ is shooting from the field this year? You know, I honestly I think he's probably doing okay. Uh, I would just guess forty five percent, thirty seven point eight percent. Oh, so wow. ding ding ding! We 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 found we found found one of the suspects for this okay. this crime of why the Wizards are underperforming. Uh, wow, he's he's putting up. How many how many shots? How many shots? I mean, cla- in classic rush fashion, he's not going to go anywhere lower than 19, 19.3. So I was say, yeah, he's, uh, 18. 19, <laughs> 11, and 10, basically. I uh, see the turnovers. The turnovers are five per game. Career high. Of course. Career high, basically. Um, and he's and he's back wow. to bricking free throws. He, he fixed oh, his free man. throw yips last season. He had a bounce back season from the free throw line. Now he's back to sucking for the free throw line. That's not a good sign. And his attempts are down too, only at five compared to seven um, last year. And he's still playing minutes, so you can't say like, oh, but per thirty-six, you know, he's playing thirty-seven minutes per game. So, yeah, wow, he's doing terrible. He's also thirty-two, man. He's also thirty-two. Like, could this be the beginning of the end? I hate to say it because I was on team like, man, I wish the Rockets just ran it back because I felt like, I mean, we talked about this board, not to say that they were a title contender if they just brought their whole team back, but you know, I just felt like Russ Harden. It could obviously they 
they did, they just sort of wanted out and it was sort of done, you know, they're going their separate ways. But I thought if, if they were fully healthy, I kind of liked the mix. I kind of liked how it worked out, but, uh, and they get Christian Wood and, and, and they get Christian Wood and maybe could, could keep Covington. Could there have been exactly, I was going to exactly like, Oh, could they have kept Covington trading, still signed Christian Wood and kept Russ? And, and could, could they have been like a frisky team? I think so, but maybe, uh, and, and now it's too early, right? He's played seven games. So it's like, we could be talking, you know, two weeks from now about like, oh, he really turned it around. He's not going to shoot 38% from the field, but I don't know. It's kind of like the Wizards and Bradley Beal were in like, um, they were in a marriage where it wasn't going too well. Uh, you know, there was sort of signs of it. Uh, I don't know. Is this going to work out? Are we heading for divorce here? And they, uh, I want to be careful here. I don't want to compare. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what I should compare Rush to. Maybe they, uh, maybe the husband buys his wife like a new Mercedes or something. I think that's not too offensive because I was going to compare it. Maybe, oh, they bought a new puppy dog, but then it's like, oh, you're comparing a human to a dog. I mean, I would hope that people would get that it's an analogy, but it's like they bought, uh, the Wizards bought Bradley Beal. It's new Mercedes. Oh my God. It, it it's, it's one of the, you know, Mercedes is like a big brand name. You know, everyone knows about a Mercedes. Everyone knows about Russell Westbrook. He's like this big brand name. And they, they got the Mercedes for their wife. But, you know, it doesn't, I guess the Mercedes, maybe it's broken down. Maybe it has too many mileage. Uh, and it doesn't seem, my point is, I don't think that's going to save the marriage. I don't think that's enough to get it done. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll see what happens. But um, according to this metric, by far, the Timberwolves are the worst team in the league and you've been riding in the strain pretty hard. Thank you. Cause I was going to give myself credit because Lord knows that we all make a bunch of predictions just in general in life that you, you miss on most of them and you're totally wrong about something you should have been totally right about. But I definitely nailed this one. Yeah. Now there. So the set that, so the second lowest is the Kings at nine and the Timberwolves are at 13. And to put it in perspective, the Wizards, who have the worst record in the league, are at four. So the Timberwolves are real bad. They're doing. They are two and seven right now. Um, to be fair, though, Cat has missed some games. Um, I think he's missed probably like half the game. So you know that obviously is a huge factor. He's by far their best player. But you know, uh, Anthony Edwards is you know doing doing okay. He's doing okay. Um, D'Angelo, what is D'Angelo doing? I haven't heard much from him. I, let's let's see if his, look at his numbers. Let's see what he's but, getting into. Well, okay, uh, okay, he's not he's not doing he's not doing too bad. So he's averaging twenty uh, five assists, three rebounds on forty three percent shooting, thirty nine from three on seven attempts. He's so he's actually D'Angelo basically. But yeah, I guess the thing is, if you're expecting him to be, my problem was that he was going to be the second best player on your team. And what are you going to do if D'Angelo Russell is the second best player on your team? And I would also say that if D'Angelo Russell is going to be the best, second best player on your team, he needs to be averaging like 24 per game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To even make it worthwhile. Even then, I would still say like, I don't want him to be my second best player. But if he's he's got to, if he's going to have value as one of your main guys, he needs to be scoring as much as he can, basically. And this is a good transition to the Warriors, who they have the Timberwolves pick this year, right? Yes, they do. It's a, a top three or four protected, though. I think it's top four protected. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's not that spicy, you know, where it's like, oh, they, they're definitely going to get one of the three picks. No, if it's in the top three, they're definitely not going to get it. But then it will just, I think it'll roll over unprotected into the next year. But I, just for the okay. NBA's sake, I kind of want that pick to be like the fourth or fifth pick so the Warriors yeah. can get it and then 
we could maybe see. I know at this point, maybe it's asking. Clay bit, comes back. Yeah, well, Clay comes back. They have Wiseman. They have Draymond. They have Steph. And now they have this new draft pick, the sixth pick in the draft. You know, that's what I'm rooting for, uh, just because I want the Warriors to be relevant again. But yeah, it is it is protected pick for for this upcoming draft. Yeah, I mean the Warriors. You know, I you know I, I came in the pod and I said you know I just don't think that they're that bad. I don't think that they're good, but I don't think that they're that bad. Like Steph Curry, I think is too talented. And I think Wiggins is gets too much shit for being a twenty point career um, shooter who averages like you know he's he's relatively efficient like you you would expect you know worse numbers and Ubre isn't going to shoot zero percent um, from three Wiseman broke out you know and Draymond came back and he's you know you know he makes a big impact and they've been playing well they had uh, they beat the Clippers the other night um, you know they're you know, they're they're doing you know pretty. They're doing a lot better. They're doing a lot better. They're five and four. They have a winning record, um, and now they they're looking. You know, they got the Timberwolves pick, so we'll see what happens there. But um, what's uh, so? Let's look at the MVP tracker. This is actually I didn't even realize. Like this is crazy. Well, who do you think is number one? Name the top three now. Oh, in, in the ref in the reference. Um, yeah, I would go uh, heavily heavily statistically favored right right it just basically goes off stats um Giannis has got to be in the top three no okay not even top five not even top five okay Harden's got to be in the top three yep okay um is Steph in the top three nope ah, damn it uh Bradley Beal is he in the top three no all right so it's uh I'll go Bottom up, Harden, Embiid, Jokic. Oh, I was gonna say Embiid. Damn it! And what I saw, they they flashed on the screen while I'm, I'm having the football on my TV right now. Jokic is the first player in NBA history since Oscar Robinson to average, I think it was twenty ten and ten through the first ten games of the season. Jokic with a double digit assists. Okay, Jokic, twenty five, eleven, and eleven. That is an on almost sixty percent field goal percent shooting, and he's not like a big man that only dunks. He shoots threes. No, he he's shooting three threes a game at forty four percent, and he was hitting. I don't know if you watched. I forgot what game it was. I think it was the Nuggets and the uh, the Nuggets and the Mavericks. And Joe, you know the Joker. Um, the game got the, got the ball in the corner. Game timing, game timing shot. Joe nailed it. Oh, beautiful. I mean that guy. You know, he's, you know, the dark horse candidate. He's coming up. He's coming up. I mean, the thing is, the Nuggets aren't playing well, but Jamal Murray has missed some games. Um, you know, they're kind of a, you know, losing Jeremy Grant, who is balling. He's balling out this year. I mean, yeah, the Pistons suck, but I didn't expect J- Jeremy Grant to be um, this good uh, at scoring. And he's putting up, he's putting up numbers. He's like pretty much their only scoring option outside of Blake, who's not playing great. And and uh, what is Derrick Rose even playing? Derrick Rose, yeah, he he's playing. I'm I'm pretty sure, unless I missed something. But in, in um one point in Jeremy Grant's favor is that you know uh, there was a lot of laughing from myself included when uh, basically the the Pistons paid Jeremy Grant like what was it twenty million a season, and then there was reports yeah. coming out that the Nuggets were willing to pay him twenty million a season, but Jeremy Grant chose the Pistons because he would have a bigger role on offense, and there was right. you know a lot of you know laughing from myself included where I'm like, listen, dude, I'm glad that you got paid, but 
you being like the number one option on a team on offense, like what the hell is that going to lead to? And you, you have to, if you're going to criticize someone, or I, I wasn't criticizing necessarily like, you know, bet on yourself. If you believe that you can do that, go and try and do it. I didn't personally think that I didn't personally believe, but I'm never going to hate on someone who does believe and thinks, you know what? I am capable of this from, from what I had seen from him. Like, uh, I don't think you are dude, but so far, I mean, he's shutting people up 25, 25 points per game. I mean, you can't, you can't say that he, he, he wasn't not not to say that he's like some sort of superstar now, but you can't what he said that he was wanted to do is what he's doing. He's being like the number one option on a team. Now, maybe it's going to be a crappy team, but I didn't even think Jeremy Grant could be the number one option on offense on a crappy team. So he would be proving me wrong, even if the Pistons suck and he still averages like 23, 24 points a game. His previous career high is 13.6. That was two years ago. Yeah. He's like doubled his 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 previous career high. Speaking of uh, other candidates, uh, Malcolm Malcolm Brogdon averaging twenty three seven and four on fifty um, percent shooting and forty eight percent from three on six attempts. You know, uh, two steals a game, and the Pacers are doing well. Sabonis so number two, number six. So Sabonis, so, so it's Brogdon number five. Sabonis so number six. Sabonis so averaging twenty one. 12 or 13 rebounds and six assists. He's always been, he's always gotten the assists. He always has. Yeah. I'm very efficient. He's, you know, like he's, he's good. He's good. And let's look at Oladipo. I know he's, he was doing well. I think he's averaging last time I checked, he was averaging what he was actually in his um, all-star year, 25 and five. And, the efficiency. I, I looked up his stats earlier. His he's shooting forty three percent from the fields, but his other stats are pretty solid. So he's just got to tick that efficiency up. Let's see. Oh yeah, so he's shooting forty two percent. So yeah, so twenty points, six rebounds, six twenty points, four, four six rebounds, four assists, uh, a steal. So he's not quite there, but he's definitely. I think he's back to what he was like. He's not quite that, you know, elite, super elite defensive player who's really good on offense that like he flashed in that one year, but he's like sort of in the middle. So he's basically like just like a 25 and five guy who could, you know, give you, uh, you know, 45% from uh, just field goal range and can hit some threes um, too. But he's actually shooting 40% from three on seven attempts, which is really, um, a really good sign. So that's um, awesome. So he's, he bet on himself, you know, he's, he's in a contract year. So happy, happy for him. Um, but he is 28. He is 28. So uh, I don't know. I, I don't think he's going to get much better, but you know, he's, he's a good player. He's a good player for sure. Um, Steph is, is in the top 10. Um, Steph putting up 31, seven and five on, on 46, 39, 95 with only three turnovers 12 i mean sorry yeah 12 three-point attempts and he's shooting 40 percent. that is awesome let's see i think it's a career high probably i don't know it's it's technically it's a career high in three-point attempts he's came he's come close um but yeah i mean he's obviously he's a great he's the greatest shooter of all time so you kind of expect that but i mean he he bowled out a 60 point game 62 point game. Oh yeah, that happened on the last pod. But um which um what's um I was talking about Mike, to Mike about this um and what I said was I think it's more likely we see a basketball player who's better than LeBron than we see a basketball player who's a better shooter than Steph. 
Yeah, hundred percent. Right. I don't think that's crazy yeah. to say, even though it kind of is crazy because we both think LeBron's the best uh, basketball player ever. But I can imagine in my head what it would look like for someone to be better than LeBron. It would be ridiculous, but I can imagine what that looks like. I cannot imagine what it would look like for a basketball player to be a better shooter than Steph. Like you look at, so like obviously everyone was quick to grant um, Trey Young the second coming of Steph Curry. And they still kind of compare him to Steph Curry. He doesn't even touch Steph Curry, bro. 35% from three. If Trey Young needs to shoot 30%, I mean 40% one time. He's not even, he's shooting league average. Sure, he, he takes, you know, his range is greater. But like, let's say he would shoot closer. That might jump like three points, three points in percentage. So I'll be like 38%. Listen, just because he shoots further, like Spencer Dinwiddie, um, also has range, but he's shooting like 33%. So it kind of makes them because like they, they might, they might have the balls to shoot deeper and hit some, um, at like maybe even a lower clip, but it's more memorable, like hitting those deep dagger threes. Um, it makes you think that they're better than they actually are. Um, somewhat like Devin Booker too. Um, you know, these guys, you know, you think that they're, I mean, they are like good shooters, but like you think you compare them to Steph, like, no, Steph, Steph is god mode when it comes to threes like you can't touch his three-point shooting because he shoots so fast and he's always off balance too that's not that's not that's you know it's it's not like he's spotting up in the corner knocking down you know these threes he is like dancing on people um way off balance one footers and fading away like it's absolutely ridiculous so quick so quick too and he's shorter too so like he always has a taller guy on him for the majority of the part being six three and he's also a smaller guy, so he can't really push off too much. So, yeah, I mean, Steph being, you know, Steph is just the greatest shooter of all time. No conversation. Um, I think, and, I'll look at Luca. Yeah, go ahead. I want to stick. Yeah, you can go ahead. Yeah, you, know, you guys on the yeah, you know the the Nets are second in defense, defensive efficiency. I did see that. Yeah, spicy. They are second. Is- did you see um, Kurt Goldsberry like net rating? They were number two. Behind the box, does he? Uh, is it his version of net rating, or or what is it? Yeah, I wonder what's it's different his, about his version. I don't know, but that was just like net rating, just in general, like offense and defense. I mean, that's the thing about the Nets; it's just so weird because like they're blowing out teams with Katie and Kyrie, then they lose Kate, then they lose like to the, then they it's like all over the place. They're they're very inconsistent, but. You know, they're like third or fourth in point differential. Um, these advanced metrics have them basically all in the top three. Their defense is really solid. I mean, I was I think I was literally the only person on earth that said the Nets defense is actually going to be totally fine, if not good. Because they were tenth they were ninth in defensive efficiency efficiency last year, and then they added plus defenders in Kevin Durant and um um, Jeff Green, Bruce Brown, and I think Jared Allen was only going to get better. I think Ky- Kyrie is a form- formidable defender, so it's like they only got better on defense. So if you're if you're the ninth defensive efficiency team in the league last year, and then you just only add um, good defenders, then obviously you're going to go up. And you know they are, um, you know, it shows in those stats. You know, and they're you know obviously their offense. I think they're number two behind the Bucks as well. They're shooting like 40% as a team. Um, you know, they're playing well, but I mean, the record doesn't reflect that. And 
but you know, obviously that that metric, um, the simple, what is this called? Sim- simple rating system. Simple rating system. You know, if you combine the um, the point differential and strength of schedule, they're number two um, before today's game. So they might drop like to number three or four, but still top top five with KD missing three, missing half the games, and Kyrie also missing pretty much half the game. So um, very interesting. They're a super interesting team. And I mean, basically it's just like, it comes down to is like, it's Katie and Kyrie healthy. Yes. You know, everyone's, you know, generally healthy. Um, it just depends, you know, who knows what's going on with Kyrie's mental health, but, um, yeah. Um, the Lakers, Lakers are seven and three. They're kind of just like cruising by. They're not like making too much noise. They're doing what they're supposed to. Um, the Clippers also kind of cruising by, you know, you got mass Kawhi. He's, you know, starting to ball out. Paul George had a good game today. Um, what's the other, let's see any other teams, the Raptors, the Raptors, man. Oh my God. So, I mean, we were both down on them and, you know, there's, it's pretty much as simple as they lost Serge Ibaka. They lost Marcus Saul. Kyle Lowry's getting older. Um, and we're not a believer and Siakam. And they are playing terrible. They're two and six. Um, honestly, I I mean, they're better than, they have to be, I don't know if they're better than their, their record uh, is. I mean, they're just not that, I just don't think Siakam's that good. And I don't think Lowry is a, I never thought Lowry was, a, Lowry's never been a number one option. I wouldn't really want him as my number two option either. Um, I think Kawhi was just so good that, and that whole team was so good. You know, Kyle Lowry was technically the best player, but like their fourth, fifth, and sixth players were so much better than the other fourth, fifth, and sixth players that it kind of um, evens out, you know. Um, so, you know, Kyle Lowry being the second best player and Siakam the number two on a team, that's not a great team, especially if you don't have any depth and. You know, their big man rotation is a mess. Um, you know, some other surprising teams. The Magic are 6-4, and four, uh, and they just lost Fultz. That's a, that is, that's that's a bummer surprising. to see. Yeah, that, that sucks, because he was actually having a career year. You know, he's finally showing flashes, and now, you know, he had, like, the confidence, and he just couldn't, you know, couldn't um, put it together. But um, let's see, Luca. You know, my big prediction, my hot take was uh, he was going to average thirty-five, ten, and ten. Right now, he's averaging twenty-seven, eight, and nine in eight games. Um, he struggled. Uh, he, he's doing real. He's shooting pretty bad in the, the three-point range. I mean, that's the key. If he shoots league average from three, and he's shooting like eight attempts. He's going to jump up to that 35. Like, he's just so good. Um, an awesome passer. The game just comes to him. Like, he just controls it so well. I mean, that's the thing. Like, Luka is so good right now, yet his he's very inconsistent with his three-point percent, three percentage. Yet he has very – he has a good form, and he could hit some range shots. Like, we saw, like, you know, the, the game-winning shot against the Clippers in the playoffs. That was a deep three with a hand in his face. Like, he has – the confidence, the range, you know, he just has to get more consistent with it. You know, once that happens, like he's just going to be unstoppable. And, um, 
you know, right now, like there's no really options to, um, you know, give him space. You know, there's, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. You know, he's a good three point shooter, but he's a not enough um, to not double team, you know, Luca, like all these other guys that are like the, the roster just isn't good. Like they need Chris Davis back to, well, I mean, they're, they're doing pretty well without him. They're like five and five. Um, so they're, they're weathering the storm, but yeah, I mean, Luca, you know, he's getting all the attention. They're just like focused on him and, you know, he's, he's, you know, making work with, you know, the, the space that he has, but, you know, hopefully I think he, he's going to jump up. He's, he's going to average like 30 a game. Um, so, you know, shout out to Luca. Hornets surprisingly five and five. Cavs still doing well. They don't even have Kevin Love. They have the best defense five, in the league, though. Kind of random. Yeah, that's that is very random. I did see that. That was like kind of shocking. Um, the Rockets. Harden went. Harden. I want to see his game log because I know he had a real bad game. Um, one night. So like someone said, like off air, like how he quit. I saw that Calvin Murphy, and he's a former Rockets player. Yeah, he's like, I guess, uh, one of the studio hosts in their like post and pregame show, it looked like. And yeah, he was basically like, it was funny because when the cameras were on, he was like kind of making an excuse for him. He's like, oh, he didn't get it done, but he was making the right plays. And then he cuts the commercial, or so he thinks. He's like, oh, he quit. Kind of <laughs> yeah, so like the first three games, he basically averaged like 37 points on like uh, 37 points. 13 assists, five rebounds. Last three, uh, 18 points. He's getting like 12 assists and four rebounds, but he's not shooting well. But um, he did hurt his ankle, so maybe the ankle is, is uh, you know, pretty much, he, you know, we saw the drop-off after he hurt his ankle, so I don't know how much that um, is affecting him. But he is playing, you know, some big minutes, like 38 minutes a game for the most part. But he actually didn't shoot. He shot under 18 times the last three games, so that's kind of interesting. Um, they did actually just destroy the uh, the Magic. Is that eight? That was two days ago by 42. Is that right? It says win plus 42. That's okay. Wow. All right, so that's probably why he only scored uh, 15 a game. It's always weird but... seeing those games where it's like the team destroys them and then you check the stats if you didn't see the game and it's like the star player didn't have a huge game. So you're like, how the hell did this even happen then? Hello? Hello? We've lost you, Ryan. Oh, hello? Yeah. Okay, I think I hit, I hit the mute button by accident. <laughs> you did. Uh, we're back. But is, isn't that weird, though, when it's like a team blows another team out and you're expecting their, their star player to have like a huge game, but they scored, yeah, like 15 points? Yeah, so that's the – I was literally just talking to myself. But that's the that's the classic Giannis that line. Yeah. Like you see the Bucks by You see the Bucks win by 35, and you're like, oh, Giannis must have put up a 40-burger. And you look, it's like, oh, 18 a game? It's like, oh, he only played like 23 minutes. And it's like, okay, uh, that makes sense. I mean, Giannis, honestly, like he's, you know, you look at the numbers and it's like, wow, that's, those are awesome numbers. But then what's most shocking is that he does it in like 30 minutes a game. Yeah, that's why minutes, the per 36 like, just go insane. And honestly, like 
for the majority of players, like the per 36 um, are always a little bit more ambitious. They're a little bit more favorable to like your projections. Like if you, you know, if you're like, you're averaging, if you're playing 25 minutes and you're averaging like 15 a game and then per 36, it's like, oh, you're averaging 24. Like most likely if you're, you're going to play, you know, 36 minutes, you're probably not going to average yeah, 24. Yeah, it's probably like 20. But Giannis, honestly, if he plays he like would. 36, he could easily average 38. Yes. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, that's such a great point. It's almost like you you kind of have to split the difference between their real numbers and their per 36, depending on how many like minutes they're actually playing, you know? Um, yeah. But but yeah, with Giannis, it's like, no, I kind of feel like his per 36 would just be his real numbers if he played per 36, even though they're like, yeah, 38, 20, and 12. It's like this guy is just a, a, an absolute machine. Like Luca last year averaged 31, 10, and 10 per 36. God. So, and he, and he only played like, yeah. And I'm a, let's look at Giannis's per 36. Last year was just like insane. Okay. Per 36 this year, not as insane, but still awesome. 31 points, 10, 12 rebounds, six assists. Uh, so I mean, I mean, last year was just bonkers. Thirty-five points, sixteen rebounds, seven assists. Like that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, you know, very efficient shooting. His field goal, he, he can't, he can't shoot free throws. Like he's trying to get better. It's really interesting. He's trying to get, he's trying so hard to get better at free throws. Yet he's only getting worse. Like that's his, that was his biggest goal this this off season was to get better at free throws, and he's still just doing. He's he's getting fouled more. He's averaging twelve attempts per game, which obviously is great. But he can't, you know, people are fouling him more because, you know, he can't shoot free throws. He's shooting sixty two percent, and that's a career low. You know, his first uh, five seasons, he basically averaged seventy four percent, which is okay. Like you'll you'll deal with that. That's like kind of like the LeBron stance. But now, like last two seasons, sixty three and twenty sixty two. Like he's because I mean, like he went as far as like saying, like, if I miss this free throw, like my wife and she has to hold the child and run laps or something. Yeah, shit yeah. I heard he that missed. on uh, the low post podcast. Yeah. So like he's really trying his hardest to get better free throws. And I think he's he's honestly trying too hard. Um, it's 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 as simple as uh, a little bend in the knees and a flick of the wrist. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it's it, seriously, but it, it, it's interesting. And how? Yeah. And how tired could he be if he's playing thirty minutes a game? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand. No, it's definitely mental, but it is interesting. Like you said, to see a player. Same thing with Westbrook. He's like, how does that happen? Where is it? Is it like somebody who's like a decent free throw shooter or even a good free throw shooter to become a bad free throw shooter? Like, when does is that caused by them when they're a good free throw shooter trying to become better and like messing with their form and then getting in their head, or do they just have like a a, a random like month where they they for whatever reason are, are missing free throws and then they start second guessing themselves and they and they they change their form when they should have just kept it because they were just getting unlucky or something. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you randomly go from really good at something to not so good at something? That's the thing. It's just it's it's mental. You know, you just overthink it and you start aiming the shot instead of just you know flicking the wrist and you know you you start changing up your your stance, you know, you put like one leg forward instead of like, you know, doing your, your shoulders aligned perfectly to the basket. You kind of adjust little things and, you know, you just keep trying new things instead of just, and you just never get comfortable. And it just seems like he's just not, um, 
you know, I mean, sure, his hands are huge, but he, I mean, he shot 77% in 2016, 2017. So, you know, it's not like he can't shoot that again. Like if you do it once, you could do it again. And he shot 76% and 77% in back-to-back years. So like he, he can consistently do it. So, you know, he's just got to stop overthinking it. But yeah, I found that very interesting. Um, and what's also what was interesting about this uh, MVP tracker, number 10 is actually Kyrie, um, which is kind of weird because I think KD, I guess they probably played the same amount of games. Let me see. Uh, no, KD technically has played one more game. And I think like he has, you know, the numbers are pretty close. They're both averaging like 27, 28, like seven and five. So like if you combine that all together, like 35. So like I think they're pretty much both in the 40 club. Um but yeah, it was interesting to see Kyrie over KD in the uh, MVP tracker, especially um, with Kyrie playing less games than uh, KD. But yeah, um, I, th- that, I mean, that covers a lot of it. I mean, the Thunder really balled out today. They literally hit every fucking shot. Are, are we, Super not fun. to interrupt, are we running out of time though? We're at 124. Yeah, yeah we, got, we got three minutes pretty much to keep it safe. Um, uh yeah um yeah i think we pretty we literally pretty much touched on like every team and you know the Kyrie situation is definitely (laughs) something to monitor you know not too much to be said just yet you know hold your takes hold your takes not 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 ready to release them yeah it's hard it's hard to make a take because there's no information so you know it's starting to get a, a bit of a bit of an ominous vibe but after today, um, but we'll see what happens if Kyrie appears. But apparently Steve Nash said that we should hear from him soon. I don't know exactly that what that means, but <laughs> hopefully, you know, Monday, technically, mentally, the start of a new week, people will think that and maybe he'll come back out. I don't know. Um, maybe he'll do a little bit meditation or something, but, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully it's all good. Hopefully it's all good. Don't want to, don't want to make any crazy speculation just in case. So, yeah, I mean, that's all. That's all I got. I think we we touched on anything. <clears throat> any last words? No, no. I think think I'm off. Uh, walk the plank. Yeah, <laughs> before before off, what <laughs> off you go, matey, whatever the fuck the Pirates of the Caribbean. It's a great movie series. So that's my final word. That was a great. The first couple were great, and then I think the third sucked. But anyway, yeah, fair enough. All right. Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. Uh, we'll be back next week. Maybe we'll try to get Mike back on. Yeah, he, uh, this I think this is a one-time thing with him. He said he had like a hockey fantasy hockey draft or something. It's like, well, hopefully he doesn't have any scheduled for next Sunday, I guess. Yeah, I and mean, we could just play it by year or so. Yeah. yeah. All right, so maybe special guests next week. We will see. Um, so tune in next week to find out. Kyrie News, special guests. Big things coming. All right. Peace. See you.